Hey there, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold and all Big Sky football fans. You're listening to this week's episode of Big Sky Big Takes here on Tubs of the Club as it is syndicated throughout the Big Sky Podcast Network. We remind you that all content you find here on Tubs of the Club is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donate 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. 8% of their profits are donated to local Idaho causes, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Make sure to visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get... Yeah, ass some snacks. Now, please enjoy this week's episode of Big Sky Big Takes, a part of the Big Sky Podcast Network. It is episode number seven, and we're back after a bye week with a new Big Sky Big Takes, your around-the-horn style Big Sky podcast, brought to you by the Big Sky Podcast Network and Montana Mint Sports. Are we really living in a world where the Sacramento State Hornets are looking like a playoff lock? And not because of an easy schedule, but because they're beating the supposed top tier of the Big Sky? Are we living in a world where the Bobcats are tied for most FCS wins in the conference and the school just announced a major fundraising milestone, but their fans are unhappy? And are we living in a world where it's the middle of October and Idaho State and Portland State are receiving top 25 votes? Joining me to discuss these questions and all the other top news from the Big Sky Conference is a very distinguished panel from the Idaho State Journal covering all things Idaho State Andrew Howden from the Grizz Fan Podcast, and recently back from a nice little vacation from the Big Apple, Mike Nugent, our gambling expert, the first, the best, and my favorite gambling expert in the state, Montana Parlay, and the saddest Vandal fan in the lower 48 from the Tubs at the Club Podcast, Chris Hammond. Fellas, let's get right into it. Uh, Looking back at this past week, the game of the week, obviously, was Montana State, Sacramento State. The Cats losing that 21-34 what was your biggest takeaway from the game? Mike Nugent, I want to start with you. I mean, the biggest takeaway is, is the Cats' one-dimensional offense got exposed. It, it, it caught up to them. It's everything we've been saying was going to happen uh, as far as if you can't develop the QB, if you can't pass in this league, eventually just being good at defense isn't going to be enough. They haven't settled on a QB. They've rotated four guys in there regularly. It's not a recipe for success, and Sac State just exposed them. Montana Parlay, you're the cat fan on the podcast. Do you agree with that? I agree, and I don't want to talk too much about the cats right here. I'll get into more of that later. But uh, Sac State finally, um, you know, became apparent as one of the best teams in the Big Sky Conference to those who weren't paying attention. If you were paying attention, you knew that already by how they did against FBS teams and how they just absolutely blew out Eastern Washington. But they weren't ranked going into that game, and that was disgraceful from a poll standpoint. So now the rest of the nation knows who Sac State is, and it'll be interesting to see how they end up. 
Speaking of polls, Andrew Howden, right now, despite the fact that the Hornets beat the Bobcats this weekend, they are still behind Montana State in both the coaches and the media poll. Is that fair? No, it's not fair. I think the problem with those polls is that Montana State might have been ranked a little bit too high. I mean, they were they were racking up wins, but, you know, they had to come back from a big deficit in the second half against Northern Arizona. Cal Poly took them to overtime. I think it was probably fair at that point to ask, you know, is this really an elite team? But they were, you know, sixth in the nation in the, the media poll at that point, and I think that prevented them from dropping too far, despite the fact that if you really look at it, they've been struggling for going on a month now. Yeah, I I, I kind of buy into that. Maybe Montana State was overhyped, but, uh, I mean, they were playing pretty solid. Chris Hammond, I want you to end this segment uh, or in this question, is Montana State still a top-tier Big Sky Conference team? Yeah, you know, I think it's pretty obvious that they are. Uh, when you're looking at who's going to get into the playoffs and most likely to get a, a seeded spot in the playoffs, you know, you're only looking at three or four teams. Those three and four teams includes Montana State. In that case, you got to put them in the top tier. Yeah, the Sacramento State loss is bad, but as Parlay just covered, Sac State's making noise on its own. So come the end of the season, if their only FCS loss is by 13 to, you know, potentially a, a top 10 team in Sac State, that doesn't look so bad, and you're still a top team, uh, top tier team when that's your only loss on the schedule. Speaking of the top tier, a couple teams that were there but are not there right now. I want to talk about them. This past weekend, Eastern Washington just demolished Northern Colorado 54-21, to and UC Davis beat down Cal Poly 48-24. Were we too quick to dismiss these teams after early struggles? Montana Parlay, where do you stand on these two? Well, we can't be too quick to dismiss those teams, but we can't be too quick to anoint them with anything after beating two of the worst teams in the conference in Northern Colorado and Cal Poly. Uh, when you look forward, uh, Davis has a slightly more favorable schedule, and they can afford to lose a game and still qualify for an at-large bid. Eastern needs to run the table to get an at-large bid. Otherwise, if they lose another game, they're kind of hoping for the Big Sky Conference to cannibalize itself and that they somehow get a uh, win the conference with m less than seven FCS wins. At their Super Bowl is next week. They, they get to sit back and watch Montana at Sac State, and then they go to Montana. They win that game. They're right back in it. Chris Hammond, were we too quick to dismiss both UC Davis and Eastern Washington? Yeah, you know, I think we might have been. They they didn't exactly play the easiest of schedules to begin, no matter how much we wanted to think they did. Uh, Eastern Washington, you're looking at a loss at the time to Jacksonville State down in Alabama early in the year, so it's really hot. And then you come the next week and you let down against a rival at home. Um, so, you know, it's tough. And then, once again, another team that Sac State's gotten up to beat. But then you look at all their other wins, North Dakota, a team that looks pretty good, and Northern Colorado looks, uh, you know, doesn't look good, but that's two wins. That's all they can handle at the time. So we might have been a little too early to judge them. And the same with UC Davis. I mean, you're looking at losses to Montana, who's a top 10 team, uh, arguably the number one team in the country, North Dakota State. So their losses have been bad, but um, we might have been a little too quick to throw them off the wagon, especially when UC Davis had probably the toughest schedule in the nation going into this year. Yeah, they played North Dakota State. North Dakota State this weekend is favored by 40 points, which is just outrageous. That should be a that type of line should be reserved for FBS versus FCS. Uh 
Andrew Howden, these two teams, Eastern Washington, UC Davis, are either of them going to make the playoffs come the end of the year? Push comes to shove. I don't think either of them are going to make the playoffs just because of the situation that they find themselves in. Like Parlay said, Eastern really can't afford another loss because one of their wins was over a Division II team. And Davis' schedule is, is not easy going down the stretch. They still they host Weber, host Montana State, and then have to travel to Sacramento State. Those are three really difficult games for a team that really can't afford too many other losses. Mike Nugent, what do you say? I think that we are going to be shocked at how few Big Sky Conference teams make the playoffs this year. I agree. And it's it's a victim of uh, the scheduling. I mean, honestly, if you analyze the conference standings right now and you take out all the NAI wins, there's only a few schools left that if they don't get the auto bid, even have a chance of getting an at-large. If Davis wins out, they can do it. If Eastern wins out, they can do it. If SAC wins out, they can do it. But all of those schools have at least one NAI win, if not two, on their resumes. Portland State's another one. I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting to watch the playoff bubble this year and watch the Big Sky get left out because of the terrible scheduling that they all have been doing. Terrible, terrible, terrible out-of-conference scheduling. The two Montana schools with five FCS wins, Weber with four, Sac State and Davis both with three. Everyone else in the conference, we're in the middle of October, everyone else in the conference has two or one FCS wins. That is just outrageous. It goes to the out-of-conference schedule. These teams need to step it up, be willing to travel to the eastern part of the country. You're allowed to do it. We have airplanes. You can come out east, play these FCS schools. I'm tired of the excuses. Let's get some tougher out-of-conference schedules from these Big Sky schools. Uh, Moving on to question three, round one. Idaho State, Chris, we have you here for a reason. Idaho State is emerging I'm sorry, Andrew, we have you here for a reason. Idaho State is emerging <laughs> as the darling of the Big Sky uh, with our correspondents here at the Big Sky Podcast Network ranking them very high in the power rankings. Uh, and both the coaches and media polls, Idaho State received votes in the top 25. I want to start with you. You're an expert on the Bengals. Is Idaho State overrated, underrated, or properly rated? I think Idaho State is underrated right now, and I think that'll become clear in the next few weeks. I think the Bengals should probably be pushing for a top 25 spot at this point. You know, the Montana loss was bad, but that's one of the best teams in the country. And Idaho State came right back the next week and beat a North Dakota team that, you know, was pushing for a top 25 spot. And they beat them just as bad as Montana beat them. And I think you'll see, you know, Idaho State's down in the other receiving votes category right now. Next three games, Idaho, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado. Idaho State should be 6-3, and three, and they'll be, I believe, 5-1 and one in the Big Sky Conference after those three games. And I think you'll see a lot of people will see then that they might have been underrating the Bengals now because they should be a top 25 team with that resume in three weeks. Montana Parlay, you seemingly love Idaho State more than some members of your immediate family. Are they overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Well, yeah, I... I don't want to spend too much time talking about Portland State because of their schedule to NAIA schools and then Colorado at home. Some of their defensive stats are just way overrated. But Idaho State, they are underrated, especially by you, Mr. Tycoon. I've seen your power rankings. You've got them way too low. I know the Grizz blew them out, but that game was a little bit deceiving, as the Grizz uh, fan pot (laughs) guys mentioned. After the quarterback got lit up by uh, Robbie Hawk, you know, he wasn't the same. And then, as I mentioned in the pod last week, you know, they 
the Grizz had some penalty-aided drives oh, to get the stop. momentum going. And I know they won by 30, but Idaho State's taking care of business in their other games. They played Northern Iowa very closely on the road. I think they're legit, but problem is they're scheduled. They don't have enough FCS wins coming into conference play, so they probably won't make the playoffs. The most Bobcat response of all time, coming back to that one quarter where the Grizz <laughs> looked terrible. Uh, let's move on to Portland State. Kind of the same situation, though, probably not the same hype they have behind them, but they are uh, decent record, two and one in the big sky, four and three overall, uh, but they are receiving votes on top 25, both coaches and the media poll. Chris Hammond, Portland State, overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Um, I'm going to go overrated with a little bit of a lean towards maybe properly rated. We just don't know who they are still, and we probably won't. They had a couple close-ish losses to FCS teams and blew out some D2 or lower schools. Um, then they got spanked by Idaho State. So that right there puts you in a level where you should know where they are compared to the Bengals. Uh, then, you know, they beat Idaho. Congrats. They beat Southern <laughs> Utah. Congrats. Looking like two of the worst teams in the big sky. Then they're at Northern Colorado this week. So next week we'll probably be saying the same stuff. But then they end at NAU. Uh, home against Montana, home against UC Davis, and at Eastern, they could easily end the year on a four-game losing streak. And we'll all be talking about, remember when you thought Portland State was good? Um, I know they beat Montana last year, but I, I doubt they get that away the, again this year. I see them winning one more against Northern Colorado and then a four-game lose streak to end the year. Jerry, make note, uh, Chris brought up the homecoming game from last year, so that's negative points there. Mike Nugent closes <laughs> out here. Both Idaho State and Portland State, are they overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Idaho State, uh, underrated. Portland State, overrated. Parlay, only a Cat fan could suggest in a game where one team outscored the other team 59-3 over a stretch <laughs> that there were asterisks. Get the hell out of here with that nonsense. Portland yeah, State, he's got Simon Frazier and Eastern Oregon. They have two <laughs> NAI wins. If you schedule two NAI teams, you should be eliminated from playoff consideration right then. No, sir. Agreed. All right, let's get to the drill down segment. We have all of you on here because you're experts on your respective teams. I'm going to start with you, Montana Parlay. As our Bobcat fan on the podcast, I know you watched the game this weekend. After watching the Bobcats' first FCS loss of the season, what is your biggest concern? Well, most people would jump right to quarterback, but that's been obvious since the last two years. So what scared me the most watching the game last week was no pass rush I mean it's obvious that we don't have a quarterback we don't have a Snead or a Mayer Meyer or a Barry Arier or whatever Nate comes up with for a name of a good quarterback in the big <laughs> sky but not having a pass rush hurts us big time because you know what you guys can give me crap about asterisks or whatever but I was commenting mostly from a gambling perspective on a game between uh, two pretty a good team and a great team in the big sky uh the grizz and sac state are the two best teams in the conference weber's slightly behind them the bobcats if they don't have a pass rush you know i'm there's no chance they're in the top two or three teams in the conference and i don't know i'm not looking forward to going to the game in bozeman if we don't get that pass rush fixed yeah, no. It, so here's the frustrating thing, and we talked about this before we started recording. But the point you br- brought up on Weber uh, about being in the in the top tier and it, you know potentially being on Montana and Sacramento State, 
I wish we had someone from Weber State to talk about this. If you know the beat writer from Weber State or someone that has a Weber State podcast, let us know. We'd love to have him on here to talk about talk about that Weber State football team. Mike Nugent, you did not watch football, I hope. You're on vacation with your wife this past weekend. But I want you not to look backward, but forward. We got six games left for the Grizz. They're going at Sacramento State, have Eastern at home, at Portland State. Then we have home for Idaho home for Weber, and then obviously on the road for the Brawl of the Wild. We're 5-1 and one right now. What are your expectations for the second half of the year? I mean, my expectations have, have grown. I mean, I think, you know, worst case scenario, worst case if everything breaks against them, I think they go 3-3 three and three and they still get eight wins and make the playoffs. I think the sky's the limit for these guys. I mean, yeah, they have a gauntlet of a second half, but they also, if they can go through that and win those, they've set themselves up for a top four seed. And I, I think that it's there for the taking, and it's going to be really interesting if Hauk's got them in a place where they can take advantage of it. Because so many Grizz teams over the last decade or so have teased us and then fallen off. Oh, my God. Could you imagine multiple home playoff games? I'm not letting myself imagine because I don't want to jinx this. Uh, Idaho State, Chris or Andrew, we're coming to you. Uh, we've seen some inconsistent play out of quarterback Matt Strzok. And – as we've talked with Bobcats and other teams on here, a lot of it comes down to quarterback play when it comes to end-of-the-season success. What do you think the ceiling is for Strzok, and how far can he take the Bengals in 2019? Yeah, I think the ceiling for Strzok eventually, he's only a junior this year. Uh, the ceiling is one of the best quarterbacks in the conference next year after a couple people graduate. I've been really impressed with most of what I've seen from him this year. I think he fits really well in offensive coordinator Mike Farrader's offense which runs a lot of RPOs. You can tell he's getting a lot more comfortable making those reads. And then when he makes the right reads, you know, he has the arm to zip it out to the guys on the screen if that's what open if that's what's open. The arm to zip it to the guys on the slant if the play if the run fake pulls the safety up and then those guys are gone. And once he starts making the right reads in the RPO game, they can open it up a lot more and he has the arm to go downfield. He he can scramble, he's not afraid to take a hit. Uh, which was a question for him before the season. I really like Matt Strzok. He just, like you said, he needs to get that consistency going, and we saw it. I mean, in the second half, second quarter of that Montana game, he was a completely different guy because his feet got sloppy. He started airmailing some throws. But if he can do that consistently, I really think the sky's the limit for him just because of the arm talent and the poise that he's got. All right, Andrew, thanks for that. And sorry for keep confusing you for Chris. Everyone from Idaho looks the same to me. Chris, we're going to end with you on an Idaho question. According to some birdies, some rumblings online, Paul Petrino may have just benched his son Mason as a starting quarterback for Idaho. What are your thoughts? Yes, so there was going to be breaking news on Tubbs at the club tomorrow, but I might as well break it here. It's still in the same podcast stream. But, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, – Mason Petrino is going to be taking a rest as the team is deciding to um, go about it. However, you know, we do have Colton Richardson, who is in the running for the the starting quarterback job all along. He, you know, got snaps at it last year. And, and so Mason Petrino taking some time off right now isn't the end of the world. He's had pretty poor statistics over the last couple games. He's had, uh, I believe, six turnovers to two t- or touchdowns caused over the last three-game stretch against uh, Weber, Northern Colorado, and now Portland State. Uh, and it looks like Colton Richardson is taking the snaps with the one as his week goes on. But as I would like to see, I think it's time we get the retro freshman, Nikhil Nair, in or 
are true freshman Nate Cisco. You got the redshirt rule. You can play four games. If you're going to ride out the year with Mason, get one of those two guys in there and get them some snaps. And, uh, I mean, at this point, playoffs are gone. What do you have to lose? So I, I'd like to see some young guys in because the rest of the team's young. So I'd like to see the guy taking some snaps also be a young guy, not a, a junior or a senior. Yeah. No, it's uh, – who, who could have guessed? Who could have guessed that Paul Petrino and his son Mason would not have seen success uh, down at the FCS level? Uh, really shocking stuff out of Idaho. Uh, we're going to move on to our Big Sky Fantasy Builder segment. But first, I just want to thank our main sponsor. Uh, as you know, Big Sky Big Takes is a joint production of the Big Sky Podcast Network, but also Montana Men's Sports. Montana Mint Sports and the Big Sky Podcast Network are both supported by the Montana Mint Store. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Montana Mint Store. We love them. Those of us from Montana... Uh, whoever or who have ever been to Montana know one thing about fashion in the big sky is that there's not a lot of creativity. If there's one store that comes out with a cool design, guess what? Everybody starts wearing it and then you can't stand out. Think about the, the shirt with home after a period or home with a period after it shirt uh, or that hat that has the outline of Montana and the roots coming out of the bottom. Everybody has those that drove our designers at the Montana Mint store crazy. So they decided to do something a little uh, different we only at the Montana Mint store do limited runs of all of our gear. When you buy from the Montana Mint, you know that only a small number of that product uh, design and color were ever made. And that gives you a chance to stand out in the crowd. Check out all the gear at Montana-Mint.com and know that every dollar you spend there is helping the Montana Mint. Montana Mint Sports, Big Sky Podcast Network is helping us put out stuff like Big Sky Big Takes. So check them out. Christmas is coming up pretty soon to your Christmas shop in Montana-Mint.com. All right, moving on to the fantasy builder, regular fantasy rules. Everyone's going to get a quarterback, running back, a receiver, and a flex position. We're going to go four rounds. You have to choose a designated position in those rounds. Uh, standard scoring, we're going to post all of this on Twitter where you can vote for the best teams and also see who finishes best at the end of the weekend Starting off in round one, everyone's going to be drafting a quarterback. Chris Hammond, you get the number one pick. Are you going Mason Petrino? Uh, it, it's nice that you gave me the first pick of fantasy quarterback since I don't have first pick of starting Idaho quarterback. <laughs> um, I will be sh doing a Big Sky Big Takes first and shocking the world and probably making it to where I can't let people know where I live. I'll be drafting Matt Strzok for the Idaho State Bengals. Whoa. Last, Whoa. last year it was a shootout. And against bad teams this year, Matt Strzok has accounted for 16 touchdowns, only one turnover. I will take that because uh, Idaho is not a good team. Holy cow. That I'm looking over at Jerry, and I think that is the first time Strzok has been taken, period, in the Big Sky Big Takes Fantasy Builder. Uh, thanks for being creative. Andrew Howden, sorry we took ISU off the board so early, but who are you going to take? He stole my guy after I just spent a minute – Talking him up. Uh, <laughs> leaves me with an easy second pick, though. UC Davis is at Southern Utah this week. Yeah. Jake Mayer got back on the horse kind of last week against Cal Poly. Southern Utah is one of the worst teams in the conference. Southern Utah is one of the worst defenses in the conference. I think the entire UC Davis team is going to go off this week, and Jake Mayer is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, Mayer, Meyer, easy pick at number two. Mike Nugent, or I'm sorry, Montana Parlay. Who do you got, number three? And I almost want to steal Nuge's guy here, but uh, gosh, both of them can run, both of them can throw. I'll take the guy who's at home, Kevin Thompson. Kevin Thompson, Mike. 
don't disappoint me. Who are you taking number four? I, I mean, I'm taking Sneed number number. <laughs> I'm taking Sneed, and I had resigned myself. I had on my list figuring Sneed would go first. I had Thompson, Meyer, and Matt Struck. So my guys got taken. I cannot believe I get the best QB in the Big Sky Conference. Great work, everybody. No one wants to touch uh, Case Cookies at the very strong Weaver State defense. Shocking there. Uh, round two, running backs. Mike Nugent, we're coming back to you. Who are you taking number one? I am going to take uh, Flanagan from Idaho State for the shootout uh, angle. <laughs> I like I like that everyone's loading up on Bengals early. Montana Parlay, who's your running back? Well, I'm going to go with UC Davis's running back, Yelm Jr. All righty. Uh, Andrew Howden, who do you got? Those are my top two guys, but I'll go to Cal Poly for the running back, Zui Tran Sampson against North Dakota. Flanagan had 163 yards against North Dakota last week. I know there's supposed to be a good physical defense, but Tran Sampson's going to get a lot of carries in that offense, and maybe he'll do something. Chris Hammond, close us out. Uh, I'm going to take Milo Hall from Northern Colorado. He's uh, currently one of the top running backs in the big sky. Uh, they've got a pretty favorable matchup this week. Again, so, you know, Northern Colorado, their offense is pretty much Jacob Nick or Milo Hall. I'll take Milo Hall. All right. Wide receivers, round three. Andrew Howden, you're starting us off. Who's your number one pick for wide receiver? Tough one to have the number one pick in because there's a lot of guys this week who yep. are playing playing well. A lot of guys in the conference. I'll take Sammy Akem from Montana. After seeing him rip up the Bengals a couple weeks ago, I know how good he is from covering Montana. He's my pick. Great pick. He won't be doing the first down symbol, but he is a great pick. Uh, who do we got number two? Mike Nugent. I am going to take Michael Dean. I can't believe I'm going to have two Bengals on this team. I'm putting a <laughs> lot of stock in them. <laughs> they, they are very underrated from your perspective. Uh, Chris Hammond, who do you got number three? Uh, I am going to take Tanner Connor, Idaho State. He has three less catches than Michael Dean, one more touchdown, and just about 25 more yards. So he's doing more with less. Uh, once again, I think uh, they couldn't stop him last year, Idaho, so I don't think Idaho's going to be able to stop him this year. So Tanner Connor, Idaho State. And Montana Parlay, close us out. Samara Toure with uh, Montana. I'll take some of Sneed's points from Nuge. All righty. Uh, and Flex. Last round, closing out your teams. Mike Nugent, who's your flex? Keep in mind, uh, we've had some issues with this. You cannot draft a quarterback as your flex. Mike Nugent. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm going to go Marcus Knight, UM. Okay. Were you frantically searching your uh, page for another Bengal to take? (laughs) <laughs> no sir Chris Hammond who do you got number two for flex uh, for number two I'm going to be taking Cottrell Haywood from Idaho I really think this game is going to be the defenses don't exist uh, when Colton Richardson was in last year Cottrell was his go to guy uh, Mason Petrino favored Jeff Cotton with Jeff Cotton out that means there's nowhere for Richardson to go but Haywood I think Haywood's had a good last couple of games, and it's just going to have probably his best game of his career this week. Montana Parlay? Well, now I've got the two best running backs in the league 
on my team, thanks to you guys. Elijah Dotson, Sac State. Ooh, good pick. Yeah, let's see what he can do against the Grizz. And Andrew Howden, close us out, a fantasy builder. Who do you have for the last pick of flex? I'm tempted to finish off the Idaho State wide receiver trio by taking Mitch Guller, who broke out last week. I'll take uh, Portland State running back Sergio Hoffman against Northern Colorado instead. All right. Trying to get some of those Northern Colorado points. Uh, All right. Plugging these players in, looking over at Jerry. We have a Montana showdown. Montana focus showdown. First segment for Mike Nugent, Montana Parlay. Congratulations on making it to the finals. Let's get to this. We have four questions. The winner of the showdown will have some time at the end to talk about whatever they want. Uh, Question number one. Idaho, we've talked about them a few times already this show, but they're a six-and-a-half-point underdog at home against the perceived little brother, Idaho State. Taking the line into a, into account, who do you like in this game? Mike Nugent, Idaho, six-and-a-half-point underdog. I am all in on Idaho State. If you guys have been listening to the Grizz Fan Pod, um, I have a very accurate theory on Idaho that they only get up for games with people they think are good, and they will never think <laughs> Idaho State is worthy of being in the conversation with them. Idaho State is going to crush them. Montana Farley, you're a gambling expert. Where are you betting this game, Idaho six and a half? I've got Idaho to cover, Idaho State to possibly win. Look, Idaho still has some good linemen. They're trying out a new QB. Uh, they'll cover the six and a half at home, but I'm not going to bet my life on it. That's for sure. Oh, all right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have to really think about this one for the for our gambling uh, picks that we'll put out on, on the Big Sky Podcast Network Twitter account. Um, this who the heck knows with Paul Petrino. He's playing He's playing. 3d chess while all of us are playing checkers i think uh question number two north dakota as we know is in this weird big sky conference purgatory they're playing a big sky conference schedule they count as big sky conference games uh for those in the conference but technically north dakota is a uh independent they cannot win the big sky conference but we all vote in the in our in the big sky conference uh podcast network's power rankings if north dakota was officially part of the Big Sky Conference, where would you have them in the power rankings? Montana Parlay. I'd have them near the bottom, bottom five or six. It, listen, that that win against UC Davis was a schedule win. Davis went from NDSU to playing the Grizz and then um, up to play North Dakota and Grand Forks. That's why North Dakota won that game. They're going to lose this week at Cal Poly. Nuge, where do you got him? I'd have them in that middle tier, probably six, seven. I mean, it. You know, they they beat one team. Idaho State beats them. I, I don't. I can't say definitively that they're better or worse than Davis or Eastern Washington or anything like that. So I think they're mid tier. They are not top. All right. Next up, we got uh, some pretty bad coaching going on in the Big Sky Conference. We've talked about Paul Petrino, uh, Ernest Collins in in Northern Colorado, not doing a great job. Uh, which of those coaches do you think is going to get fired first? Or do you think there's someone else in the conference that's going to be fired first? Uh, Mike Nugent, start with you. I think neither. Um, and it's because the schools don't have the money to buy him out. Ernest Collins' yeah. contract goes through yeah. the 2022 season. I think we were yep. just talking Idaho's coach goes through like 2023 and they would owe him $1.8 million. Uh, neither, you know, and Bruce Barnwell at Portland state's another guy, they signed on this long contract and then they just got terrible. 
Um, coaches in the big sky don't get fired unless their contract is expiring because teams just don't have the money. Unless their name is Bob Stitt. Montana Parlay, Paul Petrino, Ernest Collins, or someone else. Who's the first coach fired? I'm betting the field on this just like Nuge. Uh, money talks. Uh, Petrino and Collins, you know, they're they're locked into the contracts. And also Collins supposedly does well with student athletes. Those guys aren't going anywhere unless they quit. When I feel bad, Chris Hammond, I want you to get you in here. For the first time ever, we're bringing in a tag team on this question. You have 15 seconds to talk. Paul Petrino, Ernest Collins, or someone else. Who's the first coach fired in the big sky? Uh, if anything, it's Ernest Collins just because uh, it was nailed. Uh, his contract's up in 2022, and Idaho's is up in 2023 with Paul Petrino. He's owed over $1.86 millions without seeing our APR ratings this year. So, uh I'd like to think that the alumni are that pissed they're going to give that amount of money, but let's be honest, we're not giving $1.8 million to get rid of a coach. Yeah, I, So I, I'll take the field as well. I think that's right. I'm so excited to have Paul Petrino around for the next four years just for content reasons. Last question, who is the best non-Dalton Sneed, non-Jake Mayer-Meyer quarterback in the Big Sky Conference? Mike Nugent. It's Kevin Thompson at Sac State. You know, the guy's like a 35th-year junior. He's got another year coming next year. <laughs> He's got all that experience built in, like, you know, this veteran who's been in the league for a decade plus. He knows things. He, You know, he can it's, – it's crazy. That guy that guy's, has got an unfair advantage. Montana Parlay? Uh, this is an easy question. Eric Berrier, uh, Eastern Washington. Listen, he lost – so many guys uh, last year, and he's still killing it in the stats. He's had a tough schedule. I think he's going to show that he still uh, deserves to be at the top of that list come the end of the season. Nuge looking at uh, work to date. Montana Parlay looking at potential future outcome with Eric Berry. I said stats. Looking at producer Jerry, our champion today, all the way from New York City, Mike Nugent. Mike, what do you want to talk Ooh. about as we uh, close out the show, I'll give some time to you. You know, the Grizz didn't play last week, so I have nothing to complain about in football, except we need to talk about the schedule because I'm going to talk about this every week until it gets better. I really have hope that Bear Tycoon can get in with the Big Sky Conference Commissioner and fix this because you read the teams on the non-conference schedule, Simon Frazier, Western <laughs> Oregon. Eastern Oregon, teams I haven't heard of. If you go to ESPN and the team you're playing is in gray because they don't have a hyperlink <laughs> for him, you have a problem. And I really think we need to set some rules. No more NAI games. Fuck this. I'm done. I can, It seems like an easy solution to this is just add another conference game. Let's just, if we can't find someone else to go, there's plenty of Big Sky teams to play. Just add a ninth big sky game or whatever whatever it ends up being there's there has to be a solution to this there has to be a solution where we are not playing garbage schools where it's the middle of october and we're still pretending not to know what northern arizona is about nugent i'm I'm glad i'm glad you brought it up because i think it's something we all really think about uh and i know you tweeted about a lot and talked about on your podcast (laughs) and on that where can people find you online and where can they listen to you I'm at Mike M. Nugent or at Grizz Fan Pod. You can find us in the Montana Mid Sports Stream. The Grizz Fan Pod drops every Tuesday. New episode right now. Montana Parlay. Where can folks find you online? 
quickly, before people think I'm too far down on the Cats, I think Choate's got a great chance at knocking off the Grizz as an underdog for the fourth consecutive year. So find me at Montana Parlay. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Howden, where can people listen to you and where can they find you online? Find me on Twitter at AndrewH202. Check out the Idaho State Journal sports website, IdahoStateJournal.com. My podcast with Madison Guernsey uh, drops usually on Tuesdays if we can get it recorded in time. And Chris Hammond, close us out. Where can people find you online and where can they find the Tubs at the Club podcast? You can find me at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. You can find the show of record Tubs at Club at Tubs at the Club on Twitter. Also, if you know where the King Spud trophy is, all you Bengal fans listening for the first time. Make sure you hit me up on one of those Twitter accounts so we can get that trophy back on for this game. Yes, the King Spud Trophy, the best tradition in the Big Sky Conference. That is it for episode number seven. Thanks to our panel for joining us. Check us out on Twitter, Big Sky Podcast Network, Montana Mint Sports. I'm Bear Tycoon, at Bear Tycoon on Twitter. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. Whoa!